0: Today on The Topping Show, Facebook Meta launches a new spyware censorship app called Threads. People now know two WNBA players as one calls America trash. Mattel begs people that the Barbie movie is not a feminist. YouTube makes a new policy which may drive users away. California bans gas transportation trucks by 2036. Uber eats and DoorDash sue New York City. White House has cocaine but no desire to investigate. Gee, I wonder why. And Levi Strauss stock dips dramatically after they adjust their forecast. All that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added resource and service company with a special preference in IT security. Heck, I see they're found at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or business owner, reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Facebook, also known as Meta, launching their new app called Threads, which is a glorified spyware and censorship app. To their credit, it looks like between 30 and 40 million people signed up for the app on day within 24 hours. So in regards to adoption rate, that's pretty astonishingly good for a new app. Granted, they do they, is a pretty good springboard Uh, it's pretty much i would guess most people who already have the facebook and the what's the other thing the instagram they kind of signed up for it and piggybacked off of it and of course it's it's a direct competitor to twitter and that's where all the parallels are coming from in terms of all the comparisons and it's even advertising itself as a microblog which is a fancy way of saying you know eliminating the characters of how many words you can type out or how many you could post so it's like Twitter, but more, more censorship, which, yeah, it, it's, it, it definitely is a Facebook product. Now, keep in mind, they got about 30 to 40 million people signed up in the first 24 hours over at Threads. Now, Twitter currently has about 450 million active users. And I believe that definition is now defined as you have to log in at least once a month and perform some type of activity. Um, maybe it's a like or tweak or reshare or retweet or the bird beats, whatever the speeds. And it's interesting to see what are all the terms and conditions and i know it kills me that you know it's perhaps it's not a coincidence that in the united states we have record low scores for history mathematics and pretty much everything they use test for it in public schools and so i'm guessing a lot of people are not reading the actual terms and conditions which it, it if you could teach someone one thing in life it'd be to read a contract before they sign it and read the terms and conditions before you sign a life away on all these applications because many of them are more intrusive than not case in point the threads terms and conditions i'm not going to read the whole thing i know i i try to sit through all the boring stuff to try to bring the most pertinent information to the forefront now when you sign up you get to give them permission for location personal information they define that by name email address which login info which makes sense you're signing up with an email address you have a login username the passwords they also want your phone number. All right, they're also they're blatantly also going to say they're going to track your political or religious beliefs. What? Why? Why is that any of your business? Well, I, it's actually pretty obvious. It's so they can. It's even better for targeted advertisements. So, let's say you're of the Jewish faith or Catholic. Maybe they might sell that information to a marketing company that sells Bibles or yarmulkes or dreidels or Ben Shapiro merchandise. It seems like it'd be good for targeted advertisements, so that might be one of the reasons why they're doing it. But they also say they're gonna keep track of your sexual orientation, which, I don't know how they would guess that. I, I don't know if when you sign up, cause I didn't sign up for this bloody thing. I don't know if they sign up, they ask you like, are you are you uh, straight? All right, there's, thanks to the current society, there's an unlimited number of all these things, so I don't know how they quantify that in terms of marketing materials, not very valuable, cause you can't quantify something, you can't, how you measure it. But they are, bl- in the terms and conditions, they say they're gonna keep track of your sexual orientation as well as more things. So more things, they're gonna keep track of your financial information. Now, some of it makes sense. They're gonna keep track of your user payments. So if you buy maybe the premium, platinum, Falcon, banana, Falcon plan that they have on threads, they're gonna save that credit card and they're gonna recharge you every year, like most description services. That, that makes sense. But then you dive deeper into what other things are gonna track. They're also gonna track your credit score. Which, why does a social media company need your credit score? That's something where there's only a couple major corporations that are actually tracking your credit score. It's where you get it from. You can go online to the website. You can check it, what have you. Now, this is great for Facebook because, again, they're getting more data, and data is value. I mean, I believe it was 2019, a couple years back, it was the first time in world history where the most valuable thing on the planet was actually data. It wasn't a actually a hard-consumable product like oil, natural gas, diamonds. Think of, you know, more, not tactile, but more quantifiable or more physical items. There's a fascinating point in business history, but that's another reason why they're mining all this data. Now, you might think that's crazy enough for threads to gather all of that, but no, it's almost like, it's almost like a rudimentary crappy infomercial when you're looking at the terms and conditions. It's like, wow, this seems evasive. This, this seems pretty invasive, but wait, there's more. They're also gonna keep track of your health and fitness, which I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna use the phone's accelerometer to see how many steps you're taking a day or that's, or maybe they're gonna track how many times you post an avocado toast or whatever, whatever, whatever white women just brag about these days on the internet, which really overrated. I don't know, I, I've actually never had avocado toast now that I think about it, but they keep track of your health and fitness. They're also going to keep track of your messaging which makes sense. It's on their platform, but still they're also going to keep track of your photo and video, which that is actually pretty cut and dry in terms of social media companies. If you, any app that you actually have to post from, they get access to your, which is concerning. I don't like it. They get access to your photo album on your phone because the app has access after for you to actually post it on their platform. I'm hopefully, there's some type of workaround in the future, where they don't have to have all access to that because I find that abhorrent. Because your photos are your photos, but wait, there's more. They're also going to, to keep track of your audio, your files, and your documents. That, so I work in I, um, the company that I own, Topic Technologies. We do a lot of cybersecurity, and one of the things that big red flag to me is why does this part, Why do they need my count? Cal- why do they need my file and documents? My documents. And is that just for the cell phone? Or is that every device that's connected to your cell phone? Keep in mind, most people in corporate America, a lot of them have Microsoft Outlook, the email app, on their cell phone. So you can have corporate documents on your cell phone, all of a sudden, now now threads have, they have that? A lot of that, depending on what you do for a living, that could be proprietary data, AKA the most important part of the business, the lifeblood of the business. It's the thing that makes your business special in addition to the people. But wait, there's more invasive BS. They're going to have access to your calendar. That has to be one of the most invasive things I could possibly think of. Think of how much of a security risk that is just on face value. All of a sudden, a third party knows everything you're doing in terms of oh, yeah, what if you have a meeting between a competitor? There might be a merging of two major businesses. As crazy as it sounds it would never happen because the sec for this hypothetical or the security exchange commissions but what if the ceo of pepsico is meeting with the ceo of coca-cola and that was on a calendar invite now all of a sudden you have a third party that's privy to that data and of course of course facebook will probably say oh yeah we're not gonna do anything with this data uh i granted i know test scores are down and so is iq but do you i would hope people wouldn't believe them given their track record they also gonna have access to all of your contacts. Again, that's concerning. Those are your contacts, why do they need them? Your app activity, which if it's that one app, sure, but you, why do they need to know other apps, depending on that, how that's worded, how that's misinterpreted. And then your web browsing, which I always thought was annoying as hell because you already have the web browser tracking you, which is it's how Google became one of the most popular companies in history. is because they sell the data of what you search to the people who sell the stuff that you're trying to search, so you have targeted ads. And, yeah, that's interesting. So if you have threads on your phone, it looks like you'll also be able, they'll also track your, that as well. So if that wasn't abhorrent enough to have such a burdensome spyware app on your phone, what about censorship? It's kind of like Facebook's bread and butter. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Without censorship, it wouldn't be Facebook. Now, it looks like, of course, conservatives are already being censored on the platform which i wasn't unique in saying i i called it when i first read about this last week and reported on it but there's a there's like a one percent chance i hope i was h- hoping i was wrong because again if you really want to make change in society and bring society together you need to have an open platform where people can debate ideals and beliefs and get to know the other side of the equation being in the echo chamber Chamber really isn't that advantageous to growing your opinion or growing society. It really doesn't cause supposed to grow and develop. I think you most gr- met well there's a lot of growth and development and value to be had by debating people with opposite ideals or different ideals because then you learn more about their opinions and even if you don't agree with those positions, it would also bolster and strengthen your own arguments and what you're trying to debate as well perhaps so there's a lot of benefits to having that opportunity, which if Facebook was smart well big if but they could have said we're the opposite of twitter we won't we will let literally everyone on the platform because right now Elon still has a couple of folks where he will let not 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 let them back on the platform either for personal ideological reasons so it's much don't get me wrong twitter is infinitely better than what it used to be but still it's still not a, as great as it could be because there are still some people who not, are not allowed to get back on the platform now Specifically, it looks like there's an account by the name of DC Drano, which I like to know not a sales representative for the Drano product where you get hair in your sink and or all this stuff in the bathroom and you know, water's not going down, you put the Drano in, then it chemicals, you know, clears it out pretty good. So no affiliation, he's not a sales rep for that company. I thought that might have been interesting, but it looks like he posted an article in which he wanted to expose the Biden's corrupt government and quote unquote, and then they flagged him for cent- for, and censored him. And if you attempt to follow this particular person on the threads, it gives you a quote. It says, This account has repeatedly posted fake false info that was reviewed by independent fact check- checkers or went or went against community guidelines, which of course we're never privy to. Well, guidelines, unquote. Faux pas on my part. And if you ever, just do a couple minutes of research to look into all these third party supposedly independent fact checkers they're just political ponzi schemes or political bureaucratical one-sided equations i have yet to see someone fact checked um on the left side of the political aisle really kind of like censorship but i i have yet to see i see it more and more affecting one side of the political aisle than not and i found very little evidence to to prove me wrong thus far there's some magical if, I'd be astonished to see if that changes in the future. I highly doubt it, but in terms of a business development, this is pretty, br- many, 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 many companies have tried to overtake Twitter, but a lot of people are arguing it was, what was it, first in class, best in cra- class. It There is a big advantage in technology to being first. Or Facebook second, because they killed MySpace. But it's one of those things where Facebook does have the resources. They have a lot of cash in the bank. They have the Facebook user base, which is huge. So if they, they might have to really push their user base for the adoption rate to start to rival Twitter. And then there's also, again, I, I didn't able to see it in my documentation when I was researching it, but there's also rumors where if you installed the Threads app, if you want to uninstall it, it would also force you to destroy your Instagram app as well. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays out. That could provide more of a kind of the stick approach or the, you know, It's not the nice way of keeping people on platform, but it's a good way of threatening them. Be like, well, do you still like that old app, right? Well, you can't have one without the other. So we'll see if that turns out to be fully fledged. And as I always say, time shall tell. Now, other interesting business news, you have Amazon revealing the Echo Pop is on sale. Now, this piece of spyware will cost you only $17.99, which it sounds like it's under $18. It's It's such a deal. Where, again, Americans or many people always forget Never forget about the government stealing your money. So you have to have the sales tax. So depending on where you live, in Texas it's 8.25% sales tax. So it's above $18 what people think. But it's a, it's a fascinating mental phenomenon where if it ends in 99, people think it's under the dollar amount. Nevertheless, it's like this is gonna be able to listen and help you control crap around your house. And right now it is the cheapest one available. And I think, I forgot the term they use for this little technology, the home assistant thing. But right now, it is the cheapest one. And I believe the, the what was it? The Echo Dot is a much more popular one. And they cut the cost because they decreased the number of sensors on the platform, made it a little more economical, it's a lot smaller, materials probably aren't as good. And this convenient piece of technology, you can control your whole house for reasons. Because you're too lazy to turn off a light physically. And don't forget, as recently as two weeks ago, Amazon shut down a guy's entire house because they thought he said something racist to a Amazon delivery worker. When in reality, the worker heard the automatic response and misinterpreted it because the worker also had headphones in. But just just the whiff that it might be something uh, unpalatable that he said, they shut down his whole house so he couldn't control anything anymore. Very reminiscent of that sci-fi dystopia movie where you have Hal taking over the spaceship science fiction for now now you just a little disclaimer in order to get that great price of 1799 you do have to be a prime member of which I'm proud to say I'm part of the 1% I do not have Amazon Prime because it's a luxury not a necessity you don't need it but I digress we'll see how many people pick up this new piece of technology other interesting businesses you have Christmas Street shop having their out of business sale which It's really disappointing. It was a cute little Christmas shop, as the word might entail. It was founded back in 1970 by Charles Blitzkin and his wife, Doreen, over in Massachusetts. And the company announced that they're going through their bankruptcy, that they will accept the gift cards all the way up to January 21st this year. So you have a couple weeks left. If you have any little dusty gift cards, make sure you go to the store. They have hired a professional liquidation firm. And the going out of business sale started last Friday. So unfortunately, it's all those businesses were I'm always hopeful that at the last minute maybe a third party, a third party company or a benefactor will swoop in and save the company. Maybe acquire them or revamp the brand so that more employees don't lose their jobs. But unfortunately it looks like this company will meet the end of its demise and hopefully those employees are all able to find jobs at a new place of employment. And it's a little bit sad because there's a, it's a unique little boutique store. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, it's cute to have a little store just dedicated to the Christmas store. And we'll see if some type of different theme or if there's a store that replaces it in terms of having that niche product. Time shall tell. Other interesting business to use, you have Mercedes to adopt the Tesla charging connector. This makes it the first German automotive company to adopt it. It's gonna start over in 2024. Mercedes will offer an adapter for the Tesla chargers. So that way you can have a little adapter to have the Tesla plug go into the vehicle. And in 2025, Mercedes will start to manufacture their EVs with the Tesla charger port built into the vehicle in and of itself. Now, they're in no ways alone in terms of the mass adoption of the Tesla technology. They're joining other large automotive companies that include Ford, General Motors, Volvo, Polestar, as well as Rivian, as well as a Swedish motorcycle company I can't forget, but we reported on a couple days ago, which further shows, I don't know if you want, it's kind of cliche to see Elon as a goat, but he was very prudent with his business decision to build out the EV charging infrastructure which now seems to be, it might become the most part, the most important part of Tesla as those 17,000 charging stations are now not just used by Tesla vehicles, but now all the other vehicles made by other manufacturers. And it may, sur- we may have a tipping point where once those charging stations meet, meet mass adoption, imagine just having one manufacturer that controls all of them. It's not inconceivable to see maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the line, maybe Tesla's broken up, but it's certainly a prudent business decision, and we'll see how Tesla continues to evolve from here. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, you have a WNBA player calling out America trash, which I know is a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black. Now, previously, this is the only time the WNBA has hit the headlines. The previously, the only time is anyone has ever heard of a specific WNBA player was when a moron bought drugs so they bought illegal drugs, went to a country where they were illegal. So Brittany Griner went over to Russia with marijuana. Russia found out, threw her in jail, and the US made the worst trade in history debate. Well, I'm pretty sure. The US traded the Lord of War for Brittany Griner. They traded the Lord of War for a mediocre player for a WNBA player. Now. The Lord of War. His actual name was Victor Bount. He was, if you like, it, historically one of the most successful arms traffickers in history. Former member of the Soviet Union, he traveled around the globe delivering arms. And the, whole, the movie Lord of War with Nicolas Cage was based on him. And the book that was actually about him is called Merchant of Death. Quite, um, quite. And we traded a WM, we traded a, a WMBA player who broke the law for him. While at the same time, we decided to leave a United States Marine in Russia, who's still in Russia prison to this day. So this is, that will probably have to be the most famous trade in the WNBA history. And historically speaking, that brought the people, the number of WNBA players that people know about from zero to one, an impressive feat. So she finally did achieve something with her life, some might say. Now. This latest incident, brings it doubles the number of uh, NBA players that people know from one to two. 50% or 150%, that is hugely speaking for the sport. I think that might be, to call it a sport is a little much. But this mediocre player is called Natasha Cloud, which, yeah, I I could not believe that was her real name, but it really is. I mean, a cloud, that is the most ridiculous name. I mean, it's almost almost as ridiculous as calling someone Topping. No damn! I digress. Now, this is coming after the United States Supreme Court that you are not allowed to use race as a factor for college admissions, aka known more commonly as affirmative action. The Supreme Court shot it down. In response, Natasha brilliantly, brilliantly tweeted, which I always tell people, think twice, tweet once, or maybe not at all, depending on what you're doing. She specifically said, quote, Our country is trash in so many ways. And instead of using our resources to make it better, we continue to oppress marginalized groups that have been targeted since the dawn of time. Unquote. She expanded her, um, calling it a point is very generous. Her, um, dribble? She expanded, she also said, quote, Black, brown, community, communities, and LGBTQ+, man, we are so powerful to still be attacking separate issues which i think she's against the lgbt community and she should be ostracized because she forgot the q no the the i and the a the full acronym as i read this morning was lgbtqia plus she didn't she forgot about those marginalized other letters and yet the hypocrisy i don't see anyone boycotting her for that specific reason so again marketing and branding is key you want to keep consistent branding Not working, that that brand is very confusing right now. Now, this will stun all 15 people that watch the WNBA. I know, it's gonna be the biggest controversy of the year for them. And thankfully, there's a little semblance of hope, people ratioed her completely on the Twitter. As they should, because she is making hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes getting a little synthetic leather ball in a hoop. Nowhere in the world can you make so much money with a mediocre sport. And when I say mediocre, let me talk about the fiscally mediocre the WNBA is. And by fiscal, I mean fiscal, the cash flow. Now, the WNBA, the most recent numbers we have, looks like they generated about $60 million per year. $60 million. Guess how much the NBA created in one year? $10 billion. Now keep in mind the United States, in terms of the breakdown between the, the sexes, the genders, it's about 50-50 split between men and women. There is no reason for the WNBA not be a $20 billion or $10 billion business. Women aren't watching it. Statistically speaking, if every woman in the United States watched the WNBA and spent money on all the merchandise and they actually tuned in, the more people that tuned into a sport, the more advertisers will pay to advertise products on that network and all those channels because it's usually paid by, kind of like YouTube, how many views does it get? How many eyeballs are on the TV when they're throwing or attempting to dunk, which... Comedy Central could buy the WNBA and then they might be able to double their revenue. I think. I I need to write this down. This might be the business idea for the century. Kidding. Kind of. But thankfully, the Twitter users who follow her, all three of them, more likely, more accurately, the people who responded said, this is the United States. There is no country on the planet where you can possibly make more money doing what you're doing or be more respected than what you're doing in the United States. It's one of those most annoying things where people keep saying, there's unlimited opportunity in the United States. My family came here with nothing. And they became aerospace engineers, doctors, architects, because they worked like hell. It's the land of opportunity, the beauty of capitalism. CEOs want the people who are going to make the company the most money. Who's going to make a dent in the universe? But I digress. In terms of the cultural phenomenon, it was nice to see a little pushback, as I think more and more people are starting to appreciate the fact that the United States is the land of the free, home of the brave, and there's more opportunity here than anywhere else on the planet. Let's keep it that way. Or, even better, increase those freedoms. Let's decrease the regulations around businesses so businesses can thrive And more people can start new businesses. that's just, again, my three cents. It used to be two cents, but inflation is at a 40-year high. I I should really be charging four cents. But I'm a generous man. Three cents it is. Other interesting cultural news, you have Barbie being rebranded and saying it's not feminist. Basically, again, you have the Mattel parent behind the operation saying, Please, for the love of God, shut the hell up, you actresses. You're going to destroy this. Because Hollywood is seeing a big shift, and feminism is not trending as it used to be. You look at Indiana Jones 5, Indiana Jones and the, what was it, Indiana Jones and the wheelchair of death? No, no, no. The dial of drugs? The dial of hospice? I, I forget the name because it's so bad I, I censored it from my own head. But... That movie was just terrible. We'll di- I digress. We have, we have a whole 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 story on that on how a small movies beating the hell out of it fiscally. But you're seeing a lot of these movies being boycotted now because Disney movies are falling on their face flat again and again and again. Partially because they're injecting politics into it. And again, people don't want politics unless it's a movie about a political figure, which makes sense. But on average, kind of like sports or any most things people don't tune in for this politics they want to just unplug, watch a silly movie, have some fun, and just forget about life for a couple minutes. Now originally when this movie was coming out you had the actress as well as the director prominently saying they are proud that it is a feminist movie and then the big parent company which Mattel owns intellectual property which is Barbie they're coming in and saying God for the love of God you can't do that we're gonna lose so much money because again they are. Now they're fervently saying it's not feminist. So, they actually have the director changing her tune, which I was surprised she actually did, but perhaps she just wants to make sure she gets paid. Now, the director, Greta Gerwig, even more hilarious, she's not calling the movie, she, she's saying, oh, no, 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 it's not feminist, it's humanist. During a, And she said that during a Rolling Stone interview, which is the the dumbest thing I could possibly, it. Yeah, yeah, it's probably one of the top 10 dumb things I can think of in terms of marketing and branding. It's humanist uh, So uh, Are you just trying to say it's good for humans all humans are good? That's That's like all movies except for I guess if you're a PETA and you're making a movie the people who love it uh, I forget what you call it, the people who kill all the animals look into the horror stories of what PETA does, but To call it a humanist movie is it is for humans it merely boggles the mind how moronic some of these people are. Now, going into the actual Rolling Stone interview, the interviewer said, "The femininity of this film really comes out naturally just by placing Barbie and Ken in the real world. It starts the moments they arrive in Venice Beach. Ken feels that people are suddenly looking at him with respect, and Barbie doesn't have words for it, but she feels she's been objectified. Do you know? Does that flow out as natural as it seems? Now, this is now the answer from the director, Greta." Which that perhaps is a big red flag, Greta. Just now, she says, "I think the film, I think of the film as humanist above all, everything else. How Barbie operates in Barbieland is she's con- entirely continuous with her environment. Even the houses don't have walls because you never need to hide because there's nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed of. And suddenly you find yourself in the real world and wishing you could hide. That's the essence of a being human." But we were actually shooting in Venice Beach with Margo. Now, I'm not an architect, but I have some of the family. Walls are very important. Without structural walls, the house will collapse. And surely with Mattel, with the actual plastic, plastic toys, the reason they don't have walls is also to decrease the cost of manufacturing. Though some might say it's a safety recall. These toys are not structurally sound if they don't have the walls. And I think it's hilarious that everything has to be a metaphor these days. It reminds me of B.S., Um, high school English class where we had a very, very progressive teacher saying that every single word in the book could be interpreted however you want, and wishy-washy look at the world, it could mean anything you want it to mean. Ridiculous. And, it is hilarious to see these actresses and directors backpedaling from their very hard stance just last week, where they were all very, very adamant that movie was 100% feminist, which I mean... It makes sense. Barbie's had over a hundred jobs. If you look at all the Barbie dolls, you have Bar- Dr. Barbie, Aerospace Barbie. But you also say it's very pejorative against men, because I don't even think they're married. Are they? Is Bar- This has to be, I'm probably the only person on the planet who's actually going to search this. But yeah, it's hilarious. They also say they're objects. Well, it's a doll. So a doll is, let's see, is Barbie married? Let's see. Who is the bar's husband? So, are they? Are Barbie.? Some of these questions are just too bad. Insider.com. No way. So, maybe they are married? there are less. He's always in the background and just not really talked about. Hilarious, but good old pop ups. What the hell? God, Google sucks. I mean, Google's great. censorship's awesome. But, I digress. Speaking of Google, there is a new policy now, which might increase users, or might lose a lot of users on the YouTube platform. Now, specifically, YouTube is trying to battle the blockers. Similar to other tech companies. Now, one of the most popular things that my friends used to talk about back in the day when YouTube debuted was the YouTube ad blockers, which was a fancy plugin which actually blocked the ads. And back in the day, there wasn't too much of a compelling reason for it for most people, because at the beginning of YouTube there was no ads. Then there's just one. And before you know it, now there's two. And now there's three. And some of them have four. And then you also have to give shout outs because the ads don't pay as much as they used to. Kind of like topping technologies. If you need IT, we can help you out. The channel's not monetized yet, but it's still moderately funny to do that joke. But if you do need assistance, sales and technologies can't assist. Now, it looks like YouTube tried to combat this. So they created YouTube Premium which six people bought. Maybe seven. I actually knew someone who bought it. And it was someone who had a lot of money and they just didn't want to deal with ad blockers and they didn't care. But I still make fun of them to this day because at the time it was hilarious because there's no, The only value add at the time was to remove the ads. YouTube realized the adoption rate of YouTube premium was terrible. Barely anyone was paying for that. So at the time, they're still very, very much reliant on revenue from advertisements. And again, we've talked about this before. Year over year, on average, there's about a 2% decrease every year in ad revenue because businesses in general are pulling back on how much they used to spend on advertising. It's one of those things where if you're not careful, that cost can get out of hand pretty quick. And I always tell people, Sometimes it's very hard to quantify results from an advertising campaign, which is why for my businesses I always try to be as strategic as possible and quantify everything that goes into our marketing initiatives. But when it comes to YouTube, again, they're losing two percent year over year, year. So YouTube Premium might be a way to offset that loss in revenue by getting more cash directly to YouTube, and maybe they'll get to the point where they need. I don't think they'll ever get to the point where they don't need advertisers because it is a large percentage of the business. But they may could perhaps decrease their reliance on them, so they introduced the YouTube Premium. About seven or eight people bought it. Oh no, I was generous, six to seven, my mistake. And again, there wasn't that much value. However, Google was clever. Google parent company Alphabet owns Google, which owns YouTube. But they actually got a package with the NBA, or no, NFL sports balls. They're all good now the sports balls that they chose was actually the NFL and it was for the Sunday package. So if you wanted to watch that particular football, that particular ball throwing game, you had to pay for YouTube premium. Brilliant move on YouTube because it forced people to buy that product. Cause if you love the footballs, you can't watch it on the CNN or the Fox or what have you. It has to go there giving people a very compelling reason to purchase that new YouTube premium package. So that increased their total customer account from six to seven to 18 to 20 people. Joking a little bit. I actually know two or three people who did buy it this time. But again, the ad blockers started to increase because you're not just getting one ad. You're getting two, three, four, five ads. It's getting ridiculous. So more and more people are starting to use the ad blocker, which does exactly what it sounds. It would block the ad for playing, which YouTube didn't like because then they're not making that money off of that. Now. It looks like a couple weeks ago, YouTube announced that they're gonna deploy some software to stop the ad blockers. And it looks like we're starting to see more and more evidence of it actually showing up. So we're seeing screenshots of people on Reddit who we are posting the results of their interface when they're looking on the YouTube. And right now with the data we have right now, it looks like if you have an ad blocker, they'll let you watch three videos until they just lock you out. And all the reports and the anecdotal evidence we have right now is that this is being selectively done at YouTube it's not across the country, across the globe, everywhere yet. But if I were gambling, man, I'd say that's just around the corner. And I say that because you're seeing nearly every tech company cracking down and trimming the fat. It used to be for decades, Twitter, Facebook, they didn't care if you were a bot or if you're real, if you're scamming the system. They wanted the highest number of users because that's what the shareholders cared about. That's what the stockholders care about. They wanted to have the mass adoption rate So there wasn't a lot of incentive for them to get rid of the false accounts or crack down on password sharing because it was all about the number of users. Now, you have record high interest rates, cash is no longer free, so to say, and a lot of businesses, instead of having mass adoption rate, they're being measured by, okay, well, how profitable are you? And some of these businesses are finding out, well, uh, not so much, kind of like Twitter. Elon might break even this year. He had to trim about 6,000 jobs from that company or as I like to call, 6,000 useless, act- useless activists and maybe two or three useful people. The vlogs speak for themselves. A lot of people used to work there and brag about taking a 15-minute meeting and then spending the rest of the day doing re- extracurricular stuff, yet getting paid $300,000 a year, which is ridiculous. But nevertheless, Elon trimmed all that fat and it looks like maybe losing Twitter lost money for years. This year, the rumor is they're gonna break even. Eventually, they'll be profitable. And you're seeing a lot of these other tech companies do the same thing, Netflix. They had password sharing for decades. They even had a tweet where they said loving someone is sharing a password. They were encouraging the practice of sharing that because, again, it got them a high user count. Two, two or three months ago, Netflix said, oh yeah, you're not going to do that. You can't do that. So if you're outside the house of the account payer, you have to pay a discounted rate for your uh, to have a Netflix profile to watch all the movies and films. But I thought that was going to have a huge negative backlash on the company. Turns out, I was wrong, which I don't say too often, but I do say when it happens. They actually had an increase in their sales. Because a lot of the people, I thought, I, uh, it's one of those things where once you get something for free, people usually don't value it. That's why in sales or IT, you never want to just give something away for free because then they'll never want to pay for it. It's in their mind that it, this has been free before, it, there's no value because they got it for free. So that's always the, always the thing I tell people when it comes to sales is, when you give stuff away for free, you're showing it has no value. It might, but that's not what you're communicating. And with Netflix, if you're getting something for free, why would you pay for it? I suspect some people partially pay for it because it, it was at a discount. I think it was $8 a month if you're with the outside-the-home profile. So they actually did increase their sales. And I suspect YouTube is going to do the same thing if they roll this out nation, or rather, you know, globally. It probably will have an increase on their sales because once you get to five to six ads, I think a lot of people are going to be sick of that and they're just gonna say, fine, I'll pay a couple I'll pay a couple dollars a month. I'm there's a lot of content on YouTube. It has the largest user base of creators. There's a lot of upside to that, and this might be the thing to push people across that finish line to make them buy YouTube premium. And we'll see. Now, going over to the politics part of the podcast, you have California to ban gas trucks by 2036. Yeah. That's great. Because they never have any issues with their electronic infrastructure, never brownouts, never beg people not to charge their cars because they're crashing and burning and also everyone's leaving. But let's dive into this new brilliant law. Now, the California Air Resources Board and the truck manufacturers agreed to transition to a zero emission truck by 2036. The Truck and Engine Manufacturers Association, which represents truck makers as big as the Big Three, plus Cummings, Volvo, Peterbilt, and many others, didn't reach a deal without, quote, a fight. The the EMA lobbyists have fought against cheaper or sorry, cleaner heavy duty trucks rules that state at the state level for years. Manufacturers have been more than willing to play ball with California after the 2021 Infrastructure Act, probably because there's tax incentives. And that has one point eight trillion piece of legislation heavily favored towards EV development and facing out dirty engines. And I do quote unquote dirty engines because when people talk about EVs, they don't talk about the downsides. A brilliant, someone much much smarter than me, Thomas Sewell, said there are no solutions, only trade-offs, which is a hundred and ten percent true. When you buy an EV vehicle, it should tell you how much EV, how much smog was made to get the lithium out of the ground. It's not nothing. A lot of hazardous chemicals are used to make that happen. People don't see, many people don't see the whole equation that goes into making an EV vehicle. To Actually, make an EV vehicle causes a lot more natural causes a lot more negative natural resources and negative outcomes than a traditional ice engine in the beginning. Depending where you live and where you get your electricity and how you get your electricity, that goes into the long term of which one is greener for the earth. Although even then I would debate where do you put that EV, EV lithium ion battery when it dies after two to three years. I joke, I know it lasts a couple years longer than that. But you're not getting a million miles out of a Tesla that's the great thing about Toyotas, when they have their internal combustion engines, they hit a million miles if you take care of them. They're ridiculously over-engineered. But I digress, back to these trucking companies. Now, they agreed that this agreement was the C. Jeez, all the acronyms. The California Air Resources Board, also known as CARB. And EMA will do more than just a clear a path, quote-unquote, for zero-emission truck sales by the next decade in California. As CARB goes, so goes over a dozen other states, as well as Washington, D.C., And it looks like 60% of the truck traffic in California is from trucks from other states. I'm astonished these trucking companies didn't push back more. Because a lot of them are looking at the long-term ROI. You look at a Peterbilt truck, those diesel engines are damn near infinitely repairable. It's the opposite of a smartphone. Those engines will last over a million miles. partially Partially because of the nature of the product. And being a business owner and just Heck, just knowing anything about ROIs and you know, long-term investments, that's great for independent trucking companies, independent trucker operators, as well as owners of fleets, as well as the customers. The more expensive the vehicles, the more expensive all the costs go into it, the more your product will cost to get to you. And we'll see how autonomous driving, if you can get a fully autonomous EV semi-truck, which would decrease the cost because it would decrease the labor, maybe, Overall, it might be a cheaper alternative. And new technologies are a fascinating thing. I'm just not a fan of the government pushing you towards one thing or another. I like the private sector to prevail and competition always leads to the best results. My three cents. It'll be interesting to see. Another precarious thing about automotive manufacturers, because government plays such a large role via tailpipe emissions, EPA, depending on who becomes president over the next couple of years, may or may not influence some of these things in terms of what products they create. And, time shall tell to see how it all goes out. Now, other interesting political news, you have Uber Eats and DoorDash suing New York City. Now, New York City re- recently passed a law saying that the minimum wage of a delivery worker has to be $17.96 an hour. Wow. Great way to bankrupt those app companies. If you, if you hate app companies or you hate those tech companies, that's a good way to put them out of business because you think the price of getting your food now is ridiculously high? Which I still make fun of my friends who pay 50 to 60 bucks to have a hamburger delivered to their house. A luxury our grandparents have never, could not possibly fathom in terms of a waste of money in my three cents. Now, a New York City judge temporarily shelved the law, blocking it just days before it was set to be enacted. And those companies, if they lose this fight, they will I can't conceive them operating in North City. The cost to the consumer would be so astronomically high and burdensome, they might actually get off their keister and go to the stores themselves or just make their own food. I mean it gets to the point where you're spending hundred fifty dollars, hundred, hundred fifty dollars just for a lunch to be delivered to you? I mean and again we have four year hyperinflation, people are supposed to be more concerned about making their you know, stretching their dollar, make sure you're getting the best ROI. I can't imagine paying for DoorDash or Uber Eats at a time like this, but that's just me. Other interesting political news, you have the White House finding cocaine. And no, this is not the 1980s or whenever that cliche was popular. Now, this development and this story has been going on for about a week. And the White House, of course, is claiming, who's could it be? We don't know. It could be anyone's. And when it first came out, we were told, oh yeah, it was it was in a very unsecured part of the building, which... Bullshit. BS. They said it was, very, it was in a common place, so anyone could visit the White House and have access to that, which... The White House has more security cameras, more security personnel, and more technology in it... ...than perhaps any other conceivable place on the planet. You can't pick your nose or drop a penny on the ground without some camera or some security guard or some secret service agent seeing what you do. It's the most secure building in history, some might say. And they're claiming, oh, yeah, it was a, it was a common area, so we didn't really know. I guarantee it, it, it's unfathomable to believe that statement. Unfathomable. Now, as the story developed, it looks like, oh, yeah, actually, it, it, it wasn't in that common area. It turns out this little baggie of cocaine was found just a few feet, or uh, it was just a couple rooms next to the situation room. The situation room is the most secure room in the most secure building in the planet the only more secure place in the planet than that room would be a secret bunker we don't know about or the presidential bunkers or maybe air force one so you had hard drugs right next door to the situation room which no it does not have anything to do with the jersey shore guys the situation i know that's a pejorative tv show about italians back in the day but it's one of those things where, oh yeah, so it was right next door to the most secure, important rooms ever. And now we're being told that catching the culprit will be unlikely because it's being tested in a federal lab. And they're saying, oh yeah, we, we're not finding enough DNA or enough uh, a big f- thumbprint off this baggie. Basically, you have the government investing the government. And... It is hilarious to see some people are actually saying it might be, I I don't know if these people are trolling people, but there's some people, oh yeah, it's it's probably Trump's or you know Trump Juniors, which I don't, I don't see any public evidence of that. And again, it might be trolling because Occam's razor, the most likely, the most simple solution is usually the most likely one. And if you think about it for two, maybe three tenths of a second, the most popular crackhead in history is Hunter Biden. He's been convicted of it. His laptop famously had selfies of him with all types of, what I say, um, entertaining women or women of the night. And just pictures upon pictures of him smoking crack and cocaine. He might be the crackhead of the year, which isn't a isn't a category I thought we'd have on this channel. He might be a, might have to tack that on to the business blunder of the day. He's certainly on there, and of course he's above the law. He j- he just lied on a 4473, which is a think of it as a job application to buy a gun. He lied on that form, which if you or I did it, that's 10 years in prison. He did it. He lied because he says he was not on any illicit substance at the time of the application for the firearm. It turns out he was dumb enough to write an autobiography where in the book he said at that time he was on drugs. And they just let him plead. They're actually they're putting in some some fluffy term I can't even think of at the moment it's basically a fancy way of saying he gets to walk for free. It's it's like a a sweet probation. It'll even be wiped from his record if he doesn't mess up between a certain period of time, which, statistically speaking, he'll probably mess up, but also he's not going to get enforced at all. He also owes over a million dollars in taxes. Again, he's a crackhead. Where does his money come from? His paintings, which is one of those cliche things of money laundering. It's very common because, again... Paintings are very hard to quantify as art, which he is no he is not an artist. I'll just say that much. And I would say there's a 1% chance we'll get to the bottom of that story. And I'm being oh I'm being optimistic at that 1%. But just goes to show you. Connections help. Ridiculously enough. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have Leeds by Strauss cutting their forecast and causing their stock to dip quite a bit. Now, levi Strauss is one of the most well-known, oldest companies in the United States, made the original jeans back in the day, and they can still continue to make nice clothing through today. day. Now, their shares dropped about five percent last week, and the company said is because they cut their forecast. So they cut their forecast from a growth rate of sales from 1.5 to 2.5 percent year over year, and that's down from what they said it was gonna be. They said it was gonna be 1.5% to 3%. And they also adjusted their earnings per share from $1.10 to $1.20. They're cutting that down from $1.30 to $1.40 uh, per share, which may not sound like a lot, but in the aggregate is huge. Because again, it's not like they just have 10 or 20 shares of publicly traded stock. They have millions upon millions. And when they're talking about sales, 1 to 5%, they're, it's, it's a billion dollar company. Those low percentages mean a lot of sales increase or decrease. Now, specifically, their chief financial officer, Harmeet Singh, he told analysts on a conference call following the earnings that the peak inventory was behind the company and they have three equal factors that drove their outlook to cut the sales. So first factor was, quote, first, a slightly lower revenue expected and resulting fixed cost deliverage. Second, Lower expected Q2 gross margin, mainly due to our targeted pricing actions, and third, non-operating F- FX costs and a higher tax rate for, for the year. It reported in dollars. Unquote, and that's directly from the CFO. Now the company reported a second quarter loss of 1.6 million or break-even per share compared to net income of 49.7 million or 12 cents per share compared to the same time period last year, and the revenue dropped from 1.34 billion from 1.47 billion a year ago. An analyst surveyed by FactSet had set a forecast of three cents per share and revenue of 1.34 billion. So it's one of those things where every little bit of adjustment you make as a publicly traded company is scrutinized to the T. And to say you're gonna decrease your sales, that's one of the worst things you could say, of course, because you're gonna scare the shareholders, scare the people who may have bought stock in your company. Well, if you're about to buy stock in Levi Strauss and all of a sudden they said, oh yeah, we're gonna make a lot more money this year, and there's a lot of variables that are hurting us right now, including taxes, it's gonna hesitate a lot of buyers who may be investing in the company. So to miss that goal and not take the proper actions to avoid the situation, that's gotta be the business wonder of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. We're trying to get to 3,000 subscribers this month, so every time you click that button, it greatly helps us out. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe and comment each one of those things also helps us out a lot as well. I appreciate the credit the critique and the feedback. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe and fight the good fight.